And I'm Get Louder. I'm Puppy Shogun. I'm Ridlin. And I'm the fleet guy that doesn't smell. <laughs> and this is episode 47, or as we like to call it, the one about Origins 2013. So, not a very exciting title, but an exciting topic. And as many of you may have noticed, I'm joined by regulars Daryl Louder and T. Spade III. But we're oh so lucky to have guests Matt Riddle and Ben Pinch back on the show again for a special roundtable of... Oh, pardon me, were you talking? Let me interrupt. In other words, known as the Matt Riddle Podcast. <laughs> so thanks Listen, for being on the show, guys. Thanks, man. This is going to go really well. There's no way there's going to be four voices at once every 30 seconds. <laughs> Excited to be here. Looking forward to it. Well, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Um, and, and as you all can guess out there, this state of games is all about the Origins Game Fair in Columbus, Ohio, which we were all at last week. And we're here to talk about our experiences in gaming, schmoozing, and manning booths, both the Dice Hate Me Games booth and Eagle and Griffin Games. Um, We we all managed to escape except Daryl. I was worried about some people with the Concrode because usually about one out of every five people come down with the Concrode. Daryl's the one who managed to win that lottery. Woohoo! Go me! (laughs) But you know what? You're the one that spread the plague to us at Unpub, so I half expected that. Yeah, well, plus I was, you, you guys were safe behind the, the little quarantine area of the booth where I was, you know, running the demos constantly, and, you know, I I probably should have Purelled far more than I, I did. <laughs> oh. you, got, you got to feel what I felt the year before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah, TCU came down with it the year before. Yeah. You probably shouldn't have licked the lucky dice, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying if I did or didn't. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I have no idea how those lucky dice are not plague bears at this point, but no <laughs> one who has played lucky dice that I've heard from has actually caught anything from that. So we did a good job of, of germ-proofing them, so that was good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the actual podcast and we all start talking over each other, um, we want to make a special mention of two Kickstarter projects that we think you'll all enjoy. Uh, the first is currently on Kickstarter, and we've mentioned it before on the podcast, but that's Fred McKenzie's Princes of the Dragon Throne. So it's currently on Kickstarter right now. It's 21 days to go. Lots of money they need to raise, um, but there's lots of stuff that goes in the box. Ha- have any of you guys played Princes before? Yes. Le- I love it. Back it. If you like board games, back it. If you're a communist, then don't back it. But you know, even if you are, still back it. Back it. You should back it. <laughs> You know, I haven't played it, but I'm backing it. There you go. See, th- th- look at that. See, I, that one, I, that looks so cool, and I put it in my last little crowdfunding wrap-up thing. Yeah, I kind of made fun of the fact that this is, like, on the tails of the uh, 50th Alien Frontiers Kickstarter. But I do think, <laughs> legitimately yeah. in this case, this game looks awesome. It's getting plagued a little bit by those kind of... It's getting a little hater action, which I feel bad, because I feel like poor Fred and Clever Mojo are getting caught up in that. So yeah, I mean, yep. go back it, guys. It's it's a good looking game. I, mean, I saw a proto way back when. Kind of walked by it with Chris actually when I was first meeting you guys, and it looks insane in like a totally awesome way. I, I've played it what four times now, and if you want to watch a play, watch. There's a live play that uh, we did with Unpub with uh, John Moeller, myself, and Scott King, and Scott learned it while playing it live in that video. So it shows how easy it is to pick up. And just the strategy involved with it is just, it's so great. It's a good game. 
So, uh, well, we had a little bit of a power interruption there. I lost everybody on the connection, but we're going to go back and continue to talk a little bit about Princess. Uh, as I was mentioning before we all got cut off, is that there's a, uh, there's a uh, large price point for entry, but don't be scared off of that. You should probably upgrade to the larger entry level to get the meeples because they're fantastic. I got an advanced copy of, of the quality of what they're doing with those meeples, the dragons, the Kingsguard. All little dudes, even if you use them in other games, you'll get your money's worth out of the upgrade for King for Princes of the Dragon Throne. So I would highly recommend anybody who's interested in that, especially if you like uh, deck building. Um, uh, the deck building, I should say, if you if you don't like deck building, I, and I personally don't, the deck building aspect is just a small portion of it, which actually works really well with the game and area control. So all those things together makes for a very unique play experience. So I would highly recommend anybody check that out. Yeah. So... Um, we're going to mention quickly the second Kickstarter project that's very near and dear to all of our hearts and starts up this Friday, June 21st, and that's Viva Java, the coffee game, the dice game. When was that? Excellent. This Friday, June 21st, did you say? Uh, yes, you should mark your calendar. <laughs> that was Okay, perfect. That sounds like a really good uh, Kickstarter project to back. I, this I, very Friday, I can't wait. This very Friday, and I <laughs> think it's a fantastic Kickstarter that you should back. I, I gotta say, I, I played Viva Java, the coffee game, the dice game, uh, Origins, and first of all, it was everywhere. Um, after hours, it was it was at many tables, and I, I got to play with the designer, and he was uh, he was a little quirky and hard to follow, but um, <laughs> once the game, you know, once we started the game, it really shined through, and uh, I got I got to recommend it to everybody. I mean, this is a game I'll play with my in laws, with my family, um, with friends. It, it's very well done. Uh, just when you thought you couldn't capture the essence of coffee with dice, um, TC goes and nails it. <laughs> just um, when you thought it couldn't happen. Just when you thought it couldn't be done. I, I, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. I, I really enjoyed this one. Never tell that guy that it can't be done. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys also got a chance to play Angry Dice, and I have you, on, have you Matt and Ben, on uh, video, which we'll actually include in the video for Angry Dice, which goes along with the campaign. And What did you guys think of that? So, wait a minute. That video is going to be seen by other people? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Right, so here's the thing. I got a little story for that one. Ben <laughs> hates Love Letter. Oh, he's I a hate bad, He's a no. bad person and hates Love Letter. But here's the thing. Love Letter's fine. But you know what's better than fine? Angry Dice. And we're not just picking one pitches downstairs, you know. It's, <laughs> I, actually, no, that's Daryl and... Uh, who gets credit for that one? Daryl and Sean? Sean. Sean Bertel, yeah. So, <laughs> it's just like thing where... It's kind of like... There's no way it hasn't been done, but then it hasn't been, and it's awesome. And then you roll dice, and you get excited, and then it totally works. So here's the thing. Those little dice, that little frowny face makes everything so much better. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very happy to hear that because, I mean, people have been demanding those dice since, like, day one, and they're just so expensive to produce uh, on a small quantity because it's on the three, and... Uh, unless you do it on the one and the six, it's it's a little bit more cost prohibitive to do it. But now we've gotten to the point now we can pair, pair it with with uh, Viva Java dice and really offer it to everyone. And now we've got a game to go along with it. And I, I'm glad you said that though, Matt, because in the video, you know, Ben is like in the middle. He's playing. He's like, this is ten times better than than Love Letter. And then. <laughs> As it is. Yeah, well, and I know how you feel about Love Letter, but Matt, you like Love Letter, so you actually say at the end that it is better than Love Letter, so that's... It is. Listen, <laughs> when you guys watch the video... I think this is, I think this is a ridiculous argument. Well, it, it kind of is. Hold on, though. 
Seriously, when you watch that video, it's going to be attached to your game, TC. So let's not get all uppity here. But when you watch that video, we had no idea we were A, being recorded, and B, that it would be used for sales purposes. That has been a nice natural reaction to the first time we ever played that game. So just t- take that. I mean, seriously, that that's, should be that, in no, your... No, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. I'm just saying, like, in we're comparing, your video. I guess, I guess Love Letter does, in, in comparison, drag on way too long compared to <laughs> Angry Dice. <Dice's. laughs> It is longer than 45 seconds. <laughs> this is very true. Well, I will say that Angry Dice is going to resonate with a lot of different people because it will probably be used uh, quite often as a start player mechanic. It will also be used to settle arguments in the homes. So it actually will save a lot of marriages probably. True. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to market it both as a collectible dice uh, rolling game, uh, also as a conflict resolution game. So a lot of therapists and counselors and psychologists can back this project wholeheartedly and jump out there and get on board. So i got to ask a your, question. Roll your anger away. Exactly. Is there going to be a way for those of us that want more than two angry dice to possibly add more to the, our... The base level, the, the base pledge on Viva Java, the Coffee Game, the Dice Game, will be two pair of angry dice, so you can play them with a friend. So there will be four dice uh, as the base pledge level, and you'll get them for a very you know, inexpensive cost. You'll see it on Friday. Um, so now you can hand yours off to someone else, and you guys can play uh, Angry Dice with just one order of a, of a set. And you can add that on to uh, um, Viva Java Dice very easily. It's going to be at a slight discount when you combine it with Viva Java Dice. And TC has an actual expansion that we're going to be using later as a stretch goal that will enable you to play Angry Dice in Viva Java Dice. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. So we got it. We got it all tied together. We, this is going to be a great campaign. There's a lot of little add-ins. We've got tons of stretch goals planned. So if people get in early and often and pledge and really get that number kind of multiplying. There's going to be tons of stuff we can put in this, and we're going to do it without uh, selling the farm, like with um, uh, what D-Day dice and um, the Glory to Rome. So we're all good. Got it. Nice. Yes. So, and now that we talked about all this, this is going to segue nicely into the part of the podcast where we get down to brass tacks and talk about origins. So, I'm going to open the floor up to anybody that would like to talk. We, we all had separate experiences, but we all got a chance to also play together. So, uh, we'll start with the games. We'll probably you know, pepper in some of the happenings and things <coughs> around the con themselves. But let's just say right now, um, let's, let's open up with this. What do you think was possibly maybe your top two memorable gaming experiences at Origins? I think, for me, it was two very clear ones. I got to play every awesome game I wanted to, like Terra Mystica and Zulkin and Love Letter. All these games I had on my list to try, and Terra Mystica completely lived up to the hype. It was good. It was deep, but fun. You know, we got... It, it was not as an awful teaching load, and then uh, it was just a really, really good game that I wanted to play. It's a long time since I played a two-hour game that I wanted to play again immediately, which I did with Terra Mystica. The second one was Masters of Commerce with uh, Boots and all the other <laughs> yeah. characters. Yeah, Boots. And, I mean, this is – I love Masters of Commerce. I played it one other time. The game was insane. It's everything I hate in games as a rule of thumb, you know, negotiation and social. And, you know, I'm like an A-type nerd. I want to sit in – and this game is crazy. And this little, tiny little female who none of us knew just rolled in and stomped everybody for four straight rounds until she got – totally hosed by the red dice roll the fifth <laughs> round so that uh, I think CW Karstens of all people could sneak in with the win. Yeah, and that exactly. game was just so crazy. 
and it was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. It was. Uh, let's see if I can recount how everybody was playing. It was. It was me, you, Ben, and uh, we had uh, Geek Jock for uh, Dan Patrice, who was in it. Boots, which I think I can't remember her name now. Like Heather was her name. Heather, uh, maybe I can't remember. Boots, we'll just call her Boots. Yep. Z.W. Carston was, was in it. Eric Leith was in it. Um, Scott King was in it. And who else was on your side? Was there anybody else on your side? Oh, man. Four merchants. I'm drawing a blank now. It was me, Ben, Scott. Was Dan on our side or was he on, no, he was Dan, on your side? Dan was on our side, yeah. So me, Ben, Scott. Um, it may have been it. I think we may have just had seven players. No, we had a fourth. I'm, some, there's we somebody between. Somebody's going to feel left out and, now. Yeah, I know. There's someone sitting between Scott and I. I oh, don't it's who it was. killing me, and I don't want to leave anybody out. Hold on. I'm, I'm gonna, Kopak's? Was Chris Kopak in the game? Yeah, wait. Chris may have been in the game. Hold on a second. I got a photo of it on my phone. I'm going to look it up really fast <laughs> because... Uh, I'm just sad that I missed it. I missed it by like a few minutes by playing other Unpub games. Oh, so Jason. Thanks, Jason Katarski. Thanks, all the designers of random prototypes for <laughs> keeping me away from my favorite game. There's a lesson learned. So Never... It, Turn down Masters of Commerce for Unpub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. It was Jason Katarski. Jason was oh, in Oh, yeah. 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 So Jason Katarski was on the side with you guys, and it was me, CW, uh, Dan, and Boots, and Eric Leaf on the other side of the table. And any of you who have not out there who have played Masters of Commerce, and we've actually talked about Masters of Commerce on the podcast last year when we had a – actually, it was the Viva Java Rap Party um, – Eric uh, Martin brought it over to Dice Hate Me headquarters, and this game is just insane. I mean, you can play up to 11 people. One side plays uh, landlords that have, uh, you know, uh, these business, basically lands, and then the rest of them are, are retailers or, or people who are trying to, um, you know, open commerce, whether you're trying to build, like, for instance, I was the, the oil fields player, so I'm trying to get land to build oil fields. We got Boots, who's wanting to open up a shop about, you know, I guess, a, a, you know, a boot making facility. I don't know. It's, it's all about commerce, and, and it it's it's it goes up to eleven players, and it goes up to eleven on the intensity level because it's nothing but social interactions, and we're trying to, as the retailers, go in and negotiate with the landlord so we can get the cheapest rental uh, rent prices on the lands themselves, and then. We have to roll a die depending on the type of land there is, whether it's more volatile or more stable. So you're trying to balance out whether you go for stable lands versus the more um, uh, volatile or ones that can really pay out high. So it's a great wide open sort of social game experience. And depending on which side you play will also uh, depend on how you play the game. So it has a huge variability it's just a great way to get people just up off their feet and screaming at each other. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I guess I had trouble remembering Jason was there because he's such a nice guy. You know, he was just kind of <laughs> sitting there being nice to everybody, and, and that game encourages the exact opposite. Almost <laughs> be mean and underhanded to your friends. And, oh, you, you mean know, uh, you mean like you, Ben, who <laughs> no. who really? Oh man, you you just hosed me in the last round, dude. Well, I, you know, I was. 100% intending to honor those deals. Like, I'm just thinking, <laughs> we'll lock these deals in. Me and Chris will be good. We won't think about them. Because I had like, I don't know, 12 or 14 properties to sell that last round. I mean, I just bought everything. And then Boots came over, and she's overbidden you by like 10 and $15 a property. I'm thinking, well, I don't want to host Chris. He won't deal with me anymore. And then I realized it was the last, last round. round. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's the last round. Why not? Yeah, I'll remember that next time, buddy. Yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> So, uh, TC, you've played it before, uh, and you played it at the Viva Job Rap Party with everybody, so we played together. 
And yep. Daryl, have you played it before? No, I, I haven't, and uh, I, I yeah didn't play it at Origins either, so I've never played it. Oh. <laughs> so therefore, to me, it does not exist, and you guys wasted your time doing something else <laughs> besides play MLB Showdown. So <laughs> that looked awesome, by the way. Yes, it very starring much. David Cohn. <laughs> All right, so uh, anybody else? What what were your two top playing? TC, go your two top playing uh, game experiences of of Origins. Two top playing. Sorry, game experience? two two top game experiences. The ones that you enjoy playing the most. All right, I'll do one because you guys weren't around for it. Uh, it was kind of like I think it was uh, you guys were playing, and you'll probably get into it, uh, or at least Daryl will. The um, uh, some pirates. <laughs> and I slipped away for a little bit because I didn't have any pirate ships. Um, so I play. I got to play the Spiel de Jar nominated game that I'm surprised I haven't played already called Hanabi or Hanabi. Hanabi. Right. And that was definitely one of my favorite moments. <clears throat> and it's only because that game was phenomenal. And I don't know if it's just that moment. It was like perfect. I was looking for like some sort of meaty brain burning game like late at night and it was just three me chris zinsky zinsley um and uh jay treat i guess uh um and man it was it, it was super fun like so, I, I guess it, it, it for anybody who doesn't know it's a it's a the antoine baza guy he's uh everywhere now but he did seven wonders and the game is pretty much a co-op game where you play with your hand facing everyone else so you don't know what information you have. And it sounds really stupid. It's like basically you're just making runs. You just have to lay down one, two, three, four, five in five different colors. And if you get all of that, you'd have a perfect score and you would win. But you're just pretty much collectively doing it. And something about it and how it you're you're pretty much you have to stay silent and not tell anybody anything other than like <clears throat> like you have two red cards in your hand and I'm touching them now and then you're silent but there's so much communication outside of that that you end up talking a lot during the game and I thought it would just be like silent fest I was just so surprised how interactive it actually is and how much fun it is and how much like you you like laugh and have stupid moments that when you're when you discard the thing that everyone was trying to get you to not discard because you thought you were trying they wanted you to discard it. So it's yeah it it's super I, I don't know it's super fun. They were telling me a story about how people spent uh, eight hours one day just trying to get a perfect score, just playing oh, over yeah. and over again. And I can see doing that. It's addictive. It was Chris. Wasn't Chris Schreiber telling us that story? It was him and. Seth Jaffe stayed up all night trying to get the perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. And and I w- actually wanted to try it while we were at Origin. I didn't get a chance to because I was trying to try trying to get as many Spiel Dejaras nominees and Kenner Spiel uh, Dejaras nominees in as I could, which honestly I wasn't able to because I, I didn't get a chance to play Bruges, but I, I played Augustus, and we'll talk about that a little later. But So Hanabi really lived up to the hype. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought it was fantastic. And then I think my other my other moments just kind of run together because I think just getting a chance to play uh, with Matt and Ben on one of my prototypes, and then just also getting to play Viva Java Dice. It was just it, and then um, 
you know, Time's Up and all these other games that we just played as a big group with everybody that I know and, and really like, and it was just fantastic. So Awesome. So anybody else? Two games that you really loved? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, one is, uh, well, it's kind of generic, but uh, the, the out-of-print games, um, which I'm kind of like lumping to one, but um, I'll just briefly talk about MLB Showdown. Uh, seeing that for a dollar for a two-player starter pack, that was hands down the best buy of the entire con. Because um, that game brought back so many memories. Because uh, I used to play it when it was in print back in 2000. And so that that was really cool. And then to play it with Sean and Sean not play it before. And then, you know, so I wasn't crazy. It was a good game uh, kind of thing. Uh, and then the other one is uh, Pirates of the, of the Spanish Main or the Cursed Sea or the constructible uh, card game from uh, WizKids that was out during 2005 and then was also out of print that we also got dirt cheap there. Yeah, and I think that was mostly my fault because, I mean, I had played Pirates years and years and years. I've got so many of those ships at home, and I've talked it up to Sean constantly. He's always wanted to get some. And it, it was just like every other, like two hours, he was over at that, over a couple, you both were over at a couple of booths just yeah. buying Pirates booster packs. Well, that's also because I, I played it when it came out. But Oh, that's right, yeah. I mean, well, I sort of played it. No one... None of my play group played it, so I would have to drive 45 minutes north to uh, Days of Nights and play there one day a week during uh, you know the, the tournament league or pirate league or whatever. And it just got to be too much with you know buying them at five dollars a pack and then you know building your ship and lugging it 45 minutes and you know no one else around really showing any interest. And so I had no one to play with, so I was like, eh, whatever, no big deal. I'll just get out of it and. Uh, but now I know people that play it, so now I have a reason to stock ships. <laughs> yeah, now that they're out of out of print. Yeah, well, yeah, now that they're <laughs> far cheaper than two, five dollars a pack. Right, exactly. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that's kind of gl- glumping them all together. I think my other favorite one would be uh, when we played uh, Times Up. Oh yes, Times uh, Up both times, both times. Yeah, actually, well, I guess we technically played it three times, but. Um, the third time was just kind of charades. We all kind of made up our own rules based on the clues, but that was the final, sort of the final night of Origins on Saturday. And that was awesome. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. And I've got a little bit of video of Jason Gutarski, which is going to go up on DiceHateMe.com um, from that round, and you'll get to see kind of the genius of Jason uh, and his, his humor. So Yeah. So, so Ben, what, what, what did you play that was memorable? Well, we talked about one. The Masters of Commerce was just epic. I mean, I'd never played that game, and Matt told me how great it was. He had played it at our local gaming group, Roba, and um, that game was just amazing. I loved every second of it. Um, And I think that was Thursday night, right? We had we had played some Angry Dice for you know, and then we played Masters of Commerce, and then uh, um, you know, I think the best game I played from the from the come the best game was I'd have to say probably Terra Mystica. my my brother's friend bought it, and then our buddy Jeff uh, Coyote, who one of the cabs guys in the area, taught it to us, and it was fantastic. I mean, there's 14 player powers you can you can use, and they're all different with you know asymmetric you know powers type of thing. So I could see. I mean, it's an eighty dollar game, but you're going to get your money's worth if you're a heavier Euro guy. There is just endless possibilities to try in that game. Um, it's just fantastic. Yeah, that's one that I I regret that I. Did not pick up at the show because they were only charging sixty five at the Z Man booth and and 
Uh, I will say that there are three games. I mean, we were the Dice Hate Me Games booth was right across from the Z-Man booth. So <laughs> I'm standing there for four days staring at these games that I want, and I keep resisting, resisting, resisting. And they sell, sold out of two of them. They sold out of Brugas, and they sold out of Hanabi. Or not Hanabi. Um, what's the, the Targi? Targi is a two-player game that they had there, which a lot of people were really talking up. Um, but I wish I had picked up Terra Mystica. The the components in that game are just just dangerously chunky. I mean, you feel like you could wing them at somebody and kill kill somebody. Uh, yeah, which, you could use the box as a boat anchor. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so huge. much wood bits in there. Well, that the, the the boxes that blew me away. Well, there's three of them. One is ogre, but that's a big duh. Um, and uh, anybody who want, is interested about ogre should check out DiceHateMe.com along with this podcast because I have a video for Phil Reed unboxing ogre. And also talking a bit about Car Wars. But um, the two boxes that killed me there were Terra Mystica and Castle Dice. Castle Dice was huge. Um, this huge, chunky, thick box. And people were walking around all day on Thursday. People just went straight to the Fun to 11 uh, booth and got Castle Dice. And it's a lot of fun. I played the preliminary one when it came out on Kickstarter. Um, but I wish I had picked up Terra Mystica, Brugas, and, and Targi from Z-Man. Those are the, the three that I really was were looking forward to. Yeah, there was one other game experience, I guess you could say, talking about experiences at the conventions. Um, we had just finished up Masters of Commerce, and uh, our buddies uh, Jeremiah Lee and Brian Lewis came over. People know them from uh, Brian's Titans of Industry and Jeremiah, you know, Zombie in My Pocket, Zombie House Blitz. So, you know, they came by with their new prototype, Stab a Panda. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it's it's not family friendly. It's it's definitely R rated. And me and Matt were kind of looking at each other. You know, we we don't really get into the the R rated Cards Against Humanity thing much. We're right. a little more conservative. But these these are fun guys. So we're like, you know, heck yeah, we'll try the game. And holy crap, we had a blast. Like, there's a definite legit mechanic in there. With they present you with five completely awful scenarios, like stabbing a panda, for instance instance and other things i shouldn't mention on air <laughs> and and you rank them and then everyone has to guess how you rank them and it sounds so simple and it, it is but it's if we're a party atmosphere it was so stinking fun we had me and Bat, matt both left saying we had so much more fun than we anticipated with that game so yeah i saw ahead. you guys having oh sorry go ahead matt no i was gonna say chris i i really really i'm not i'm not like get offended guy i'm you know but i, I am i tend to be i don't enjoy I guess I enjoy whatever. I enjoy body humor, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't necessarily enjoy like just over the top. And this game is wildly over the top. And but it's just, I, I, I mean, I'm just going to reflect what Ben said. Basically, they literally give you five of the most awful, like nauseating, sometimes ridiculous things, and you just got to rank them, and it's insane. And I, they, I don't know <laughs> what they're going to do with it. You know, he kind of the one guy uh, is Brian. Is yeah, Brian. Brian. Mm-hmm. Brian. I said, you know, I don't. Is this Kickstarterable? Because they've got their, you know, they kickstarted Zombie House Blitz, and they've got a a presence with that. I guess it is. I mean, they kickstart Cards Against Humanity, right? And good luck for them, because I mean, the game is insane. So, well, it looks like you guys were having a good time when we we, we kind of cut out. I, I think so. Since that was Thursday, we actually went back and played Times Up in the room after that. Um, wow. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, emergency vehicles going by in my, my place right now. So <laughs> it might have to do with the power outage that we had earlier in the podcast. So um, Could be. If you guys hear a lot of sirens that are really close to the mic, then I'm in trouble. Uh, and don't don't worry about it. 
<laughs> um, I'm going to mention really quickly my two uh, that I would I would say I would include Pirates of the Spanish Main in that because that was just such a fun game, kind of sitting around the bar playing with a game that that I thought that I might never get to the table again, but was actually convinced to buy thirty dollars worth of cards <laughs> and, and play while I was at the con. Uh, but I, I want to throw Augustus in there because I really do think that it is a great nominee for the Spill de Jars. It's, it's actually a, a perfect nominee for what the Spill de Jars does. Um, I played Augustus, uh, I think I think I tallied it up, we played it five times at, at Origins, and it's so easy to get to the table once you kind of know the ropes. Um, it's it, People are calling it Roman Bingo. I mean, you go obviously Caesar when you've got Bingo on a card, you know, things like that, but Kalis, yeah, Kalis. You guys Kalis. were playing. You guys were playing Kalis next to us the first time we played Augustus, and you guys are making fun of us the whole time because you're playing Kalis. And I'm thinking, you're the joke's on you guys because you're having to play freaking Kalis while we're playing Augustus twice. So whatever. Anyway, we were louder and more fun. <laughs> I don't know about more fun. I don't know about louder. Ave Caesar. Ave Caesar. That was a joke of the con. But I will say, out for everybody listening out there right now, Augustus is actually a really fun game. I mean, it's not Kalos. Let's, let's, let's just, you know, we're not going to hedge bets on that one. Um, but if you like uh, the, the scope of a game like, you know, Seven Wonders, or uh, even, I'll even lump, lump it in with Vegas, even though I think Vegas is a, a more superior game as far as dice rolling and things like that, um, Augustus is a really pleasant experience um you don't have to think too hard but you're trying to mitigate the 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 luck of drawing uh these little tiles out of a bag that determine where you can put your guys on these cards and get points to them at the end it's very swingy i mean it's it's very luck driven so if if you get frustrated by a lot of luck you won't like this game but ah what was that that was tc going ah because my first my first game was super frustrating (laughs) well mine was as well but my second one I kind of learned to to ignore that and and mitigate that luck a little bit more, and I ended up getting like the second highest score in the second game. So, yeah, to who? Me. Yes, to Daryl. I won. It was to my me. first game, and I won it. You you didn't win. <laughs> the first game, yeah, I did. You lost to me by two points. Oh, that's right. TC won. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That second game, yep. Yeah, but, you know, so that made me like it 20% better after I won. <laughs> Which so, is the statistics, uh, yeah, this yes. is a great game. <laughs> I think Augustus is worth it, especially it's at a $40 price point. I managed to pick up one of the few copies that um, Asmodee had at Origins um, that first day. And I'm glad that I did. I will say Scott King was able to get Augustus and then go and trade Augustus. What all did he get in that bag? <laughs> uh, he got uh, Bruges. Or Brugas, um, uh, Japor, um, K-Porn, <laughs> K-Porn, uh, Puzzle Strike, uh, New Science, and uh, and like fifty bucks, right? And fifty dollars in cash. I, I may be missing one title, but yeah, insane, That's insane. Yeah, all for insane. Bingo, all, all for, bingo. for Augustus. Yes. Oh, yeah. I guess it will cause. I mean, we. They, Origins and Gen Con are both the same, where they have the supply and demand, where if you're able to get one of those hot games on the first day, you've got such bargaining chip in your hand if you really want you know, to, to, to negotiate with people. And I was, I, you know, kudos for Scott for going around and finding somebody that would give him that much stuff and money. I would have done it for that much. It was nuts. 
he wasn't even looking for someone to give him the money. It's just you guys all were like, "Oh, it's a good game, and it's or you know, it's supposed to be a good game, and it's uber rare." So he's like, "Oh, whatever, I'll buy it." So he jumped in on it, and I was doing a demo at the time. Otherwise, I would have as well. Uh, but thankfully, I still got a copy. I uh, call that nickel. I but. call that the Forrest Gump effect. That <laughs> is someone who just says, oh, "Okay, whatever," and then they get something, and then they end up with a bunch of money, and they go, "Well, that's one less thing to worry about." So yeah. you know, but I mean, you know, it, he he got the deal. It was amazing, and um, I mean, you know, more power to him. I mean, I broke up with my Augustus. I've, I'm enjoying it. I'm glad that I bought it. I think I'll get it to the table far more than I would. Terramisca or Bruges, even though I'd like to play both of those. So I think it was a good good purchase for me. Yeah, great. So anything else? I mean, open floor now. What else was what really made your Origins experience fantastic? Oh, well, made my Origins experience fantastic. <laughs> Con crud. Uh, so I need to back off on the whiskey in this tea. Yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh what made my origin experience memorable would definitely have to be, and this is selfish, but the compounded demos that I ran. Um, last year going to Origins, Compounded wasn't even on uh, Kickstarter yet. We were just talking about it. I had the prototype. This year, unfortunately, because of printing, we still did not have the final copy. But you know, we had uh, a printed prototype, and we had the, the, the low-res soft proofs to show everybody that came and backed it. But hearing all the backers coming, and then doing all the scheduled demos with uh, the Grand Gaming Academy and running all of those for them and having every single game sold out, even having games that were like two games that I ran at once uh, that was picked to go in the Origins VIP area, which I I didn't even know existed, Um, which, by the way, is very nice, and everyone should push for Origins to always be that. It was uh, in a nice air-conditioned room, tablecloth tables, and free beverages to all the players. So they all had sodas and all this stuff. Um, and then having three simultaneous games of Compounded running at once. So it just that was, that was very cool and certainly um, you know boosted the ego a bit, seeing a bunch of people playing the game and then picking it up by the end of turn one. So it's just there to answer questions and fill in little tiny cracks that may have been missed. But um, And everyone seemed to enjoy it. And we you know got... We launched pre-ordering before Gen Con, and people have pre-ordered since then, and I'm just very grateful for everyone taking the time to learn the game, play the game, and uh, stick around and talk about it afterward and all that, because uh, you know it's only three days, or four days really, of the con, but to spend a couple hours on a game that you may or may not have backed, and you kind of want to take a chance on, and I, I just really appreciate it. So, thank you to everyone that came and played the game. So, thank you. Yeah, That's awesome, I, hey, I, just, to, just to jump in here... Uh, with the with compounded and everything, I, I mean, I I guarantee I must have explained and like Daryl was there a lot of times, but even whenever he wasn't there for the, like the demos and everything, I guarantee I explained I have the spiel down for compounded now. <laughs> yeah, like sure I did. can explain that game in like two sec. Like like you give me a minute and a half, I can tell you how to play, and we'll be ready to go. Because man, I explained that to so many people, and I swear if that game would have been available. we wouldn't have had space for the amount of people that would have picked it up right there. I wish we'd have had it available because I I would guarantee you we could have sold at least 50 plus copies of Compounded at the show. I mean, it was amazing the amount of people coming by looking at the booth. Yeah, the second people hear about, you know, you you tell the the first part, just everything's real, and then 
you would get into the just the different phases and the little trading element, but it just kind of builds. And like by the time you get to the scoring and the, you show that there's explosions in the game, people are like, "Oh my god, this game is just like this is like every every game I dreamed I could ever have in one." <laughs> and and they like walk away like like I wish I could have it now. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was that that was I actually enjoyed that. That was like one of the parts that I liked the most was just showing people like demoing viva java then going to the next part of the table here's viva java here's viva java dice here's compounded and like just it was excellent it was just so so much fun yeah you guys were definitely busy all weekend that was cool to see yeah we were really blessed i mean people people flocked to the table on thursday which was amazing thursday was our biggest day as far as sales which is good um, because we want to get games into people's hands early so they'll play them during the con and share them with people who are at the con and they come back to the table. And we saw that several times where they said, oh, well, we tried this out with somebody who had bought the game and, and now I want to come back over and pick it up for myself. And, you know, and that was, that was a, we were certainly blessed in only having very specific uh, waves of downtime and that only really happened a, a tiny bit on Friday. But most of the time the, the, the booth was slammed that was really my highlight, I think, is that just meeting everyone who sees the games, and they may either know about Dice Hate Me games or they don't, but then when they see it and they come over and they say, oh, that's a cool, like they go, you know, Heartland brings them in, they go, well, that's a cool theme, I like that, or they like carnivals, or they like coffee, or they like chemistry, I mean, they respond to those themes, and you just love getting to know these people and telling them more about the games, and that was fantastic. Every single person that came up to the booth was just warm and loving everything that you know we were talking to them about, and it was just so much fun. Yeah, but you guys are doing such a good job not only of picking interesting themes that frankly haven't been done yet, but then you're knocking them out of the park with great games that integrate the theme too, you know? So kudos to you guys for the lineup that you've been developing. It's it's great to see. I can't wait to get my compounded for sure. <laughs> I can't wait till you get it either. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yep, exactly. You remember, uh, just real quick, that when Daryl was talking, it made me think. Remember the old Saturday Night Live where Chris Farley used to interview like celebrities on the <laughs> <Yes>. show? <laughs> it made me think of, hey, Daryl, remember that time you had a game published and there was like three tables of it running at once? You know, that was really cool. That was awesome. That was that was so <laughs> that was awesome. Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that was intense because I was worried that I ran back to the booth to grab a third prototype, and I told Chris I was like, I need someone. He's like, well, TCs you know, away from the booth, but as soon as he's back, I'll send him over. I said, great. So I get over and I set everything up, and no one's still there. So I pull over a chair, stand on top of the chair, grab someone's workbench, and grab uh, one of the compound cards, and explain the entire game screaming at the top of my lungs to <laughs> go over top of the crowd, um, but so these 15 people could all hear me, and uh, that, that was very cool, and I, I thought it was going to all go down in flames, but it, it, it went very well, so... Well, I mean, we had a lot of great positive experience from every single person who who ex- experienced anything about of our games. And not only that, but the, the Viva Java um, uh, demos that TC did, people came up and like wanted to know more about the game. And and we had the the booth was always constantly packed. It was very organic, a lot of fun. You know, Jason was there to to promote Heartland, and that was fantastic. And then Sean and Jackie helped out at the booth, which was you know awesome as well. And Jackie has got her carnival pitch down pat. I mean, she's just. She sold so many carnivals, it's not even funny. Um, but, not only that, but even with Lucky Dice, someone would roll, and she'd just, like, rain man the board, like, oh, yeah, that's 75. 
Yeah, she's like, she's like seriously, she knows exactly what the score is looking at it just by a glance. And I'm sitting there, girl, counting on my fingers and toes going, yeah. oh, I think you got 20. I don't know. And then somebody will correct me. That's what I love doing Lucky Dice. Like, I don't mind run, running Lucky Dice. It's a lot of fun. But when you're adding it up and then some, and then someone who's playing the game corrects you, you feel like, what am I doing here? You know, it's like they go, no, I'm sorry, that's 65. I'm like, oh, you're totally right. I totally missed it. Yeah, but, if only there was something to replace Lucky Dice next year. <laughs> Hmm. Well, don't be giving that away just yet. But. Hey, and and I guess this this convention, I got to like actually meet Jason um, for reals. I mean, I kind of saw him places oh, yes. last year. Oh but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason, Jason is uh, yeah, he's a really cool dude. Yes, I was, we we had you know, it's time to like to actually talk to somebody whenever you share a room, and it was it was just really cool. Like I I. I I'm just impressed by like I meet everybody. I I even met Tom Vassell this year, who came up a few times, and I thought he was super down to earth. I think everybody in this business is great. Like Stephen Stephen Bonacor, I helped set up his booth a little bit, and man, just uh, I I mean I've I've known Stephen Bonacor from from previous, but just getting the chance to just hang out and with all these people that are just pretty laid back and just they really strive to make good games or at least you know try their best and do the hobby the best that they can so it's like it's just cool to see it and just meeting these people and actually having some sort of interest like um it's 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 really cool you don't see that too much and it's a good chance to see it at origins because you actually get a chance after hours and during time during the day to just talk with everyone and see how they're doing and like um, you know, re- meet other designers. I-, I love that. I got to meet uh, uh, Scott Alms from Kings of Aaron Steam. I saw Kevin Nunn over by the uh, Yellow booth, and I, um, and that was pretty cool. I mean, he and uh, he does uh, Rolling Freight, and another game we'll get into later, Duck Duck Go. I'm sure. Oh yeah, we'll cover. That. Um, but you know, just thanking him for some of the work that he did with uh, the blind playtesting for uh, Job and everything. It's just cool to see everybody meet him and then meet publishers. And it's, it's an amazing resource for game designers. So absolutely. And, and that's right. That's what I wanted to, to, to cut into. So for you, Matt and Ben, because, um, you know, I got a chance to, to meet up with Rick suit. Who's the, uh, lead, the, you know, the president of uh, Eagle and Griffin games. And I know you guys were there to help out and to promote fleet and the fleet expansion. So when you were you were kind of around the booth for Eagle and Griffin for a while, um, you know how how was that experience for you guys? Well, see, <laughs> it's funny because we never met Rick either. I've I've, I've literally I have it in my <laughs> set. I have five hundred and something emails with either Ben and Rick or Ben or Rick on them. You know, just the some combination of the three of us. And it's weird because you talk to somebody so much, you kind of know them sort of. Then you actually meet the guy finally in person, and it's totally crazy. And he was a really nice guy. And unlike you, Chris, who was like a slave driver, I mean, Daryl and TC were in that booth all day long. I think Ben and I spent like two hours in the booth and <laughs> kind of took our bender badges and bailed, you know. But uh, he, he was really cool. I mean, it was great to play Fleet and Fleeter over in the Griffin area a little bit. And you know, we met Sean before, and it, it was awesome to just, you know, like TC said, I mean, you, I sat down next to, as it turns out, you know, um, as TC mentioned earlier, you know, Scott, who did Kings Vern Steam, and he did Martian Dice, and I didn't know who he was, and he's just this incredibly nice guy. And then, you know, later on, I'm, we're playing uh, uh, Fall Pompeii, Downfall Pompeii, with a guy named Aaron Belmer, who's this super nice guy. And hey, you know what? He got his game published on Esmade. I mean, it's just, it's every, t- every time you meet somebody, 
They've got something to do, and they're just super nice. I can't tell you how many times I heard a story about somebody, meaning Richard Launius. I mean, that's Arkham freaking <laughs> horror. He's Arkham horror, and he's just walking around the con. And just you know, he like our buddy Matt, who came to the uh, con with us. It was his very first con, and he's a huge Richard Launius fan. He loves you know a lot of his games, but he was a big Pirates for Dinosaurs backer, and he wanted to get his copy, and he wanted to play it, and so he's sitting there teaching Pirates for Dinosaurs to three guys. And Richard Lawrence just walks up behind him. He doesn't know who he is. Never met him before. And he starts asking about the game and how it's going. And, you know, Matt turns on and answers a couple of questions and doesn't say anything. And then I think Richard must have introduced himself. And he's like, Burr? you know, I mean, this is the designer. Of, this is Richard Lawrence. I mean, and he's just wandering around. I got I got no, to Richard say. Lon- no, yeah. no, 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 no. Go ahead, Daryl. Go ahead, Daryl. <laughs> Richard Lawrence was not at the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> He was not there. You did ever. not. You did not do due diligence here. I think. I think. I think you could have found him, dude. You know, I okay. saw him a couple times, but he was sitting down at one of the round tables by his booth, having a meeting or doing a demo. Here's and, I, the, and I didn't want to interrupt him. Here's I, the I story. Would... Here's the story I have to interject with. I taunted poor Daryl with Richard the entire con because I'm not kidding you. And I, I'm just. It does a little sidebar, but Richard is down, hands down, like my favorite person in the industry. Like he, every time I see him at a con, I, you know, we've had him on the podcast before. And I, and, and first time I played defenders of the realm was at origins 2011. And he taught it to us, me and Sean. And he is just the greatest guy ever. Like he, his enthusiasm for, for games just in general, but not only that, but his own games. But anyway, Daryl, all he wanted to do, he was carrying around his little, uh, elder sign clock in his hand, the entire con. Like wandering around, I was like, "Where's Richard? Can I get Richard to sign my clock?" Me, yeah, he'll he'll sign your clock. And so I sent him over to where Richard was at, and he'd come back and say, "No, he's in a meeting, or he's in at a table with a bunch of people." And I'm like, "It'll take two seconds. Get him to sign your clock." So anyway, the like it was Saturday, and Richard finally come by the booth. I swear, every time I left the booth, I would be standing there, and Richard would pop up behind me, and I'd be, "Hey, Richard, how's it going?" You know, and and I would go back and tell Daryl, and he'd just get this green look on his face, like, "What are you doing?" So. Daryl was out doing these demos on Saturday in, in the 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 uh, special VIP area, and Richard just popped over at the booth. I got him to sign my Ace Detective and got a picture with him. And w- Jason Katarski took the picture and sent it to Daryl. And Daryl's like in the middle of his demos, and he's just swearing at me, <laughs> you know. So I will say, anybody out there who likes Richard Launius and likes his games, and if you don't, you're insane. But when you're at a convention and, and Richard's there, please go up and say hey to, you, hey to him because he is literally the salt of the earth. He's the, one of the greatest guys in the industry. His games are fantastic. His attitude is fantastic. Um, just the, the most lovable guy in, in the world. So please do that. And he would love to talk to you about his games and just, you know, just the board game in general. He's just an infectious guy. It's flat out. I just really wanted to, yeah, have him sign my clock, my well, eldest clock. I wanted to talk to him about the upcoming Elder Sign expansion. I just want to talk to him about his games, his design theory, like what he does. I mean, he he's hands down my favorite designer. I've never met him. But every single one of his games that I've played that he's done, I fall head over heels in love with. And Well, he's going to be at Gen Con, and you're going to be there. I mean, I swear, I, I promise you that you'll get a chance to talk to, to Richard when he's at the show. He goes I around... Wonder- I will offer to pay him dinner if he wants to play a game with me. So, Richard, uh, I got dinner. If you want to play a game, your call. I don't care. <laughs> can, I, can, can I have a quick confessional? Please. I've never, I've never played a single Lonius game. Oh my god! Like he's Not the awesomest. Now I've never played Elder Sign. I've never played Defenders. I've never played Arkham Horror. I, 
not because I don't want to, just it's not in our group. None of his it's games. Not a, are... It's not a Euro game at all. Yeah. Oh, we just dropped Ben from the podcast. <laughs> hey, I have played Arkham Horror and I enjoyed it. So there. <laughs> <laughs> because my brother's friend made a six-hour custom soundtrack of his own music of spooky sounds and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned it was that last time before awesome. it ended or after. <laughs> after. <laughs> <laughs> So, nice. well, Matt, I'll tell you right now, we've got to get you into Alonius. Well, you guys are going to be at Gen Con, right? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe we can all try to wrangle Richard in doing a Defenders or an Arkham game while we're there. That would be fantastic. I mean, Arkham plays up to eight players, so... That would be I, nice. I would like to do, I'd like to do Elder Sign. That's the one that I think well, I El- most... Well, he's got a custom... He's got a custom box. Like, he came up oh, last yeah. Origins with his custom box, and I was like, this is the coolest guy ever because he has, like, his own game... And he has already modded it out. Like he's the guy that, like <laughs> yeah. he has the best modded version of his own game. Like that's awesome. <laughs> it's that's true. Awesome. Yeah, he's got all the little, you know, like all kinds of little <clears throat> you know, icons and symbols and and either the gates. Like when he plays Defenders of the Realm, he doesn't want to play it unless he's got his little three D gates that he can put down. You know, that people can go through. I mean, it's he just he has a blast, and that's why his games are so good because he's got such a loyal group that goes and. and wants to play test because he never gets tired of playing his own games because he wants to make the game that he loves to play. And so at Gen Con, Richard, if you're listening to the podcast, we'll hopefully we can all get together and play. Well, even if we play Elder Sign, because Elder Sign will be great because, again, it plays at eight, eight players. Hopefully we can sit down and play in one of your games. I know he's going to be demoing a couple of his games there at Gen Con. So, well, hopefully we've got four days. We'll try to wrangle him up and, and get him in, in, uh, into, a, into a gaming situation. My friend Jeff and I are go- coming out uh, to Gen Con, and so Jeff is a huge Arkham fan, and he's very picky on his board games. And so when we tried Arkham, I wasn't sure if that was going to be one that he was going to really like, but he liked that. And then, of course, you know, I said, well, if you like Arkham, you should also try Elder Sign, and he fell in love with Elder Sign, so he's very much the same thing. So, yeah, Arkham would be awesome to fill out with eight players. That would just be sick. Yep, surely would. So I just wanted to bring this back to Origins and say if anybody's listening hasn't gone to Origins, you have to go to Origins. I mean, it, it's kind of cool on the boards to bag on Origins the last couple of years, but that's so false. It is such a great convention. <laughs> it's an amazing time. It's awesome for playing games. If you just want to play games, you can do that for four straight days, and it's phenomenal. If you're just a fan of the industry in general, it's it's the best because these people actually have some time. Yes. You know, Gen, Gen Con is such a spectacle and it's awesome, but nobody has any time to like really, you know, you know, talk with you or whatever. But but Origins is just that a little shade laid back and you just you can you can talk, like Matt said, meeting our publisher Rick. I mean, he's been around the industry so long. He knows everybody. He's got so many stories. I could have talked to him for just a day straight. It was so cool to talk to, you know, and, and everywhere you look, there's just somebody, somebody cool. And like TC said, they're always the nicest guy. That's, that's what makes the hobby the best is everybody you meet. It's seemingly that, Hey, that's the nicest guy. You you know, it's so cool. I would agree. Well, I'm being positive. I did meet some people that I didn't really like. Well, I won't mention the one that I didn't like, but let's just say I own a lot of his games and you know, it's got to, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to mention anybody. <laughs> Uh, well, go ahead. Throw some names out there. Don't no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. Listen. Would, I, what's it sound like? Play, play, the, okay, re- play the times up and give me a rhyming. What's it rhyme? What's listen, it rhyme really? Like? Okay, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> he, he was nice to nice. us. Not like isn't fair at all. I was yes, kidding. Yes, he, he was. Okay, so we had the opportunity to sit down with uh, one of the like industry giants, Jay Tomlinson. And uh, 
we wanted to film a game, you know, because, hey, it's real grand, right? Right. And, uh, you know, to our credit, I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to, to Ben Nye's credit, he liked the game enough to take it home that night, which he, he says he almost, he does, he does very little of. I think he took two home the first couple of days, and ours was one of them, which is awesome. So, but he definitely is a very brusque, borderline rude guy. And I, I think it's kind of a mode he must go into. Because he, I mean, he gets punched in the face all day long with prototypes. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. So I'm sure he puts a game face on, and he just, you know, uh, well, we found it afterwards. We actually, I have a couple of buddies from again from Robo who work in his room, and they actually said, "Listen, if he doesn't like a game, he generally sits there silently, lets you pitch through it, and then it says, oh, okay, you know, whatever,' and moves on." So he, immediately with us, he was he was poking it the way I was explaining it. <laughs> I <laughs> pass it off to Ben, let him go. He was picking on the theme. He was poking at the rules a little bit. I mean, so, you know, we, we, he says, come back tomorrow. So we come back tomorrow, and he wasn't ready for us. Come back Saturday. We, we went back Saturday. And uh, he tells this, I don't know, kind of cheesy joke. You know, the game's flowers. He's like, you know, I just didn't smell the flowers. And we're like, okay, <laughs> ha, ha, you know, good joke. But, you know, he gave us a legitimate, like, design. Like, you know what? I would do this first. He actually played the game. He liked it. He said it was a little too abstract for real grand. It is an abstract. And, uh, you know, it, it was cool. I mean, but we met other guys who had pitched him and just thought the guy was the biggest bad word you can think of. And I could see that because he's just very brusque. So the good news is, by the way, that game is in Mayfair's hands and they like it. So That's awesome. I know. Well, I just want to say he's clearly so smart and good at evaluating games. I mean, he picked up on what... I was badly explaining so fast and his feedback the next day when we did talk to him was actually outstanding. I mean, the guy is sharp. He knows what he's doing. He runs a great company. It's just, it's just one of them job interviews. It's like the hardest job interview, you know, you've ever had. It's just one of those experiences. It was definitely worth it for that alone. Well, I mean, I, you have to, you get approached by a lot of different people. And even I got approached you know, quite a bit at Origins. And, I, and unfortunately, I didn't really get a chance to sit down with anybody as far as their pitches were concerned. But I don't mind, you know, when you, especially when you talk to people and get to know people at Origins. You were right, Ben, in what you said, in that Origins does give you a little bit of time to actually have some face time with people. Gen Con, there's no way possible. I mean, there's so many people, there's so much going on, so much to see. Um, you know, you, you've got like Origins, which is between Gen Con and kind of a local con. Or like, for instance, like when we went to PrezCon in February, which we did, a, you know, the podcast for with, uh, you know, Daryl and TCI were there. And that's sort of a very, very laid back affair. Um, so across between that and Gen Con is where Origins kind of falls into. And yes, there were greater crowds there were than last year. So it makes it a far stronger and better con. I would recommend to anybody just if you really love gaming and you haven't been to Origins, definitely go to it. Um, because there was enough there to keep you entertained, but enough great people who are passionate about the industry, and it's such a great place for both insiders and people who just want to play games kind of to mingle and end up playing with each other. And they don't even know half the time you know, that you're the insider that you're playing the games with. So a great point, Ben, in bringing people, more people into Origins, because when we get people, when we keep the crowds consistent to the size that we're used to that, and that makes it more, more uh, worth it for us to pay to have a booth there and to, to, again, sell, but also just introduce people to product, but meet people in general. I, I do think, too, that's, that's a, you know, both of you guys made a very good point. And this kind of goes maybe to, you know, I, it's always funny when you go to a con and you realize how many other guys are us, are me and Ben and TC and Daryl, and they had this game they made and they love and they want someone to buy it and they want to get it out there. 
and Origins is such a good place to do that because I mean, you know, like for example, we you know we were very lucky with Fleet and that we did this kind of blind cold calling, and Rick has been so amazing to us. And now we have kind of you know Rick's been great. He's looked at a couple of other prototypes and he's already passed on a couple and he's a couple that he likes and it's really cool because you know once you're kind of in the door it makes it a lot easier you know but these other guys you know we're nobody to them so we're you know and we're nobody in any well, really which but. i find honestly um a little bit shocking since the fleet is the dice hate me game of the year for 2012 <laughs> okay you know what Hold <laughs> there on. it is jay jay tumbleson blank stared me when i brought fleet up like i swear <laughs> to god looked at me like he was like i might have been speaking chinese but the mayfair <laughs> the mayfair guy Owns it and likes it, so that was totally cool. There you but, go. Uh, <laughs> I, I, but it's just I, I think if you're if you're a designer and, and you're and you're new like us and you want to get your game out there, it's it's just so much a better opportunity at Origins. And you know, like I said, you know, we got to meet Rick and Rick's been awesome to us. And I think he saw some pitches and you know all these other guys are willing to take meetings and just just get out there and do it. Absolutely. There was a uh, someone that was um, either at the booth or at the board game room. Because someone else was talking about how it's smaller than Gen Con. Like, they were comparing Origins to Gen Con. And the the guy's rebuttal back was, yes, but this is, I'm trying to figure out exactly how I said it. It's the, the largest intimate gaming con there is. And I think that's right. Or he said the most intimate large con there is. But it's true. It's like, you know, it, it's crowded. But there's always that time for FaceTime with anybody. Anybody. So, which is what you all said, but I just heard someone else say, <laughs> "Agreed." So I'm typing in, uh, in agreed. Fits. But you said it well. Yeah, you said yes. it better than all the rest of us. The third time, yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to throw out a couple of happenings that I'm really proud of. Uh, first of all, the carnival tournament that we had on Saturday, Saturday night is the second annual carnival tournament, and we had two returning players for this year. We had both our reigning champ, Debbie, and our 11-year-old, which is now 12-year-old, Wonderkin Maya. And Maya played the most epic game of Carnival I have ever witnessed last year. She had a 45-minute long battle with uh, a guy named Zach who went on to the final round against Debbie, who eventually won. Um, and this year, Maya made it to the semifinals, and she played against Debbie head-to-head. And it was epic. It was awesome. It was almost as good as the one she played the year before. Maya pulled it out, just eked out a win in the very end and made it to the finals. And um, she ended up uh, losing to a, a guy named Michael who had a, an amazingly lucky opening role in Carnival. But we were all pulling. Sorry, Michael, if you're listening to the podcast. But we were really all pulling for Maya. I mean, you know, she's just <laughs> kind of the underdog at that point. Um, but it was an amazing tournament. Everybody had a great time. It was great to see Maya again. It's it's what's amazing is going to these conventions and especially working in the capacity that we do with Dice Hitman Games now. I mean, you see faces come back year after year. Like last year, I remember every single person that came up to the booth, and whenever I see them, I say, "Hey, how are you doing?" You know, you see them and they and they know the booth. They know like Lucky Dice. They know Carnival. And Maya was passing by the booth with her with her father, and they both stopped by to say, "Hey." And that's when I reminded them about the Carnival tournament, and they decided to enter again. And it was just awesome. So that was one of the, the really the great things to see about Origins is, is seeing these people coming back year to year that, that really loved the show. And so the Carnival Tournament was really special for me to, to have that experience with people who are coming back. And not only that, well, I mean, like four of the people who entered the tournament had never played Carnival before. They had demoed it at the booth but decided, well, I'll just enter. And they all did really well, and they all had a, had a blast playing it. So I love that kind of stuff. Um, 
And I will throw out right now that uh, we ended up, there, there's a story that is going to be short, but Sean Pertel, who, who I drove up with him and his wife Jackie came to join and we were going to drive back. We were supposed to leave Sunday, but the valets at the Hyatt ended up locking Sean's keys in his car. So uh, we were stuck there for like three, three and a half hours waiting for a locksmith. And we decided, well, we're just going to spend the night, you know, and just drive back the next day. Well, I'm glad that we did because... Barley's Brewing Company is where we usually go. Most people at Origins knows Barley's. Barley's is across the street from the convention center. It's They have great beer. They have good food. Um, so that's kind of like been our hangout central. Well, we didn't really want to go to Barley's, so we decided to go somewhere else new on that Sunday night. Well, we found a place called the Three-Legged Mare. And I will explain that it is M-A-R-E and not M-A-Y-O-R because everybody in my group thought I was saying the word mayor as in a dude <laughs> because of my accent. So... Uh, it is a three-legged mare, and it is an Irish pub, and it's right across... No, 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 no. Don't, what? don't Oh, yes. Them. I can't tell you where it's at. I won't tell you where it's at. <laughs> Maybe if you remember the name of it, that's right, because this is going to be our hangout for next That's origins. right. No, hey, I don't if only Google exists, I can find it right now. No, shh. Don't no, tell people don't Google wanna, exists. If I go there next year, and they're like, it's packed, and they're like, sorry, we're all out of Reuben balls, I am going to flip tables. <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell say you, Reuben balls. Reuben balls. Reuben yes. balls. That sounds amazing. Yeah, they make their corned beef in house. Uh, the Reuben balls are unbelievable. It's it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, their corned beef is great. They, uh, the, the, I will tell you, the fish and chips are the best fish and chips oh, I think God. I've ever had outside of Ireland. It was amazing. It, it, they did it right, where it was like literally half a fish, but it was fried. It batter dipped in Guinness and fried so well that you can literally pick up the whole half and it did not fall. Did not fall apart. wasn't greasy. It was so crunchy. Oh, okay, yeah, I want one now. Yeah, it was amazing. It was haddock instead of cod, but the haddock makes it a little lighter. And um, there was an entire fil- half a fillet that they put on the, the 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 plate, and so good. And they have a Guinness and chocolate, and there was something else inside the cake. But we all had we all shared it. And it was orange, orange, yes, yeah, orange crazy. Guinness chocolate cake. Oh my god! So. Anyway, we're not going to recommend you go there. You should probably stay away because we're really lying. It was horrible. But, um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. She's taking a pretzel roll. I mean, come on. Who does that? Dude, I was so jealous of your cheesesteak on a pretzel roll. It looked so good. It was, it was, it was really awesome. <laughs> so, to sum up, we'll just say right now, we can all agree that Origins this year was fantastic. And it, I have a feeling it's only going to get better. And it was so good to literally like have you know everybody around the Dice Hate McGain's booth, but also getting a chance <coughs> to uh, spend time with you, Matt and Ben. I wish we had got a chance to even play more, but I got a feeling we're going to be able to do that at Gen Con because I'm going to just game at Gen Con. So yeah. we're we're going to sit down and play as much as we possibly can, and really, really, really just you know punch it out. I'm looking forward to it, and we'll do a podcast while we're there if you guys are up to it. Oh yeah! All in. Absolutely. Mm. Awesome. So, has anybody else got anything else they want to add before we wrap up the podcast? Yeah, I'd like to throw um, a, a nod to uh, Bill Abner with. Uh, oh yes, uh, Conquistador. Um, well, New Science was there, um, and it was selling really well, and uh, it, w- it was pretty nice to see that. Okay, not only the people you know obviously coming to the Dicey booth to check out Compounded, but he was selling well, so science works. <laughs> uh, but uh, also for the, the, the very nice hookup he gave me at the end of the show. Uh, but, uh, yeah, very, very nice guy. First time I've met him. So I uh, can't wait to see him again at uh, Gen Con. 
Yeah, and I'll throw out really quickly, there are three games, well, four games, really, but the four games I'd really get a chance to talk about. Brewcrafters, we were able to get Brewcrafters to the table, which is a Dice Hate Me Games uh, production of Ben Rossett game. Got a chance to play a five-player game of it. I thought it went fairly well, but there were a lot of interruptions that were going on that night, a lot of people coming in. So, um, again, the, the game itself is really singing. It's smooth. Ben's done a fantastic job with it. I can't wait. That's going to be coming to Kickstarter in October. Um, we played Maximum Throwdown, which was Jason Tagmire's game, which you, you kind of toss uh, cards on a table um, and cover up the special symbols that do you know various things throughout the game. You're trying to get points. Um, I ended up, I think I was the one who actually ended up winning that game, but it was awesome. It's been picked up at AEG. It'll be out fairly soon from AEG. Great oh, Gen game. Con. Gen Con, that's right. It's a Gen yeah. Con release. That's right. Yeah. Uh, managed to pick up Quicksilver from Split Second Games. I traded Viva Java for it. We played you it. Undercut me. I did. I undercut UTC, but I mean, come on, are you know, are you sad? Uh, well, I I'm sad that I didn't have it. It should be mine. <laughs> it should be yours. I tell you what. Well, when you go to Gen Con, I'll bring it with me. We'll do a trade. How's that? Sweet. All right. So we played Quicksilver, and I'm I'm going to reserve judgment on Quicksilver right now because we were all a little bit tired. Uh, we were a little confused about the dice that come in the box because the dice only go up to four and not six. So. <laughs> And it's not mentioned anywhere in the rule book. And we were so tired that it took us an hour to figure out why we weren't <laughs> We rolling. weren't moving anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Well, Normal giant rules. board. I mean, huge bo- Arkham Horror-sized board. The last thing we'd think is a force, you know. A four-sided die, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to play it again. I want to play a full game of it again and, and really you know go through it before I do a review of it. I, I do think that they're on to something. The cards are kind of cool. The actions are cool in the game. It's not that hard to play. It's just that. Art is awesome. Yeah, the art is awesome, mm-hmm. and um, it's just one of those games where you like you have a certain expectation, and then you start rolling dice, and you're rolling like twos and threes, and you're thinking like I'm never moving anywhere, and then you realize oh well the dice only go up to four, well that changes things a little bit. So, and then lastly, I'll mention Duck Duck Go, which TC mentioned earlier in the podcast. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by this game. Uh, Jackie wanted it. Sean Patel's wife Jackie wanted it. They bought Duck Duck Go and a, and a few of the the custom ducks that go along with it. Um, and the overall concept of the game is you're basically a duck that's lost amongst all this water and you're trying to get to th- through three different buoys and back to a drain and it's completely ridiculous but it's so much fun uh, especially late at night when you don't want to think really hard and you know it's just it's great it's card based move actions you're, you all play simultaneous moves it's like X-Wing makes meets rubber duckies what? yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I have that actually from I play with my daughter sometimes it's pretty cool and then uh, I want to give a couple shout-outs, I guess, too, while we're at it. Chris, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I'm going to do one to our boy, Jeff Coyote, as I mentioned earlier. He uh, hooked us up a few times. He got us – he borrowed the Z-Man copy of Bruges so that Ben and I could experience that game. And it's a classic 45-minute feld. It's tight. It's fun. It's a tiny bit dry at the end when you want to get those VP cards and you can't. But it's it's good. It's What everybody says it is, it deserves – any praise it's getting. Um, so it was good to play that. And then uh, thanks to everyone that came out to the Fleet and Fleeter. Actually, it was just a fleet event, but um, we wanted to try to have someone beat Ben. But everybody that came out wanted to learn the game, so we'll have to try so someone could beat Ben at Gen Con. But then anyone that stopped by to play Fleet and Fleeter with us at the uh, Griffin table. And uh, one more thing, what was it? Um, I guess that's it. You know, just uh, again, any, it was any awesome. Any bridges uh, we'd like to burn before we sign off, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I will say, I will say flat out that I, you guys didn't pitch anything to me. 
We, that's, that's not coming, true Chris. at all. Okay, you're, all, you're, you're right. You're mailing me something in the mail. So I, L- listen, okay. Well, we need you to fix it, and then we'll pitch it to you. <laughs> yes. You tell us. You tell Please us how to do. make it more fun, and then it's totally yours. <laughs> okay. You know what stinks too? We didn't even get to pitch Rick anything, and he was so awesome, and we wanted to, but he just you, you know we didn't, we didn't get a chance. Yeah, so much, yeah. so many hours in the day. I know he's such a busy guy. So I'm just glad he was able to stop by and talk to me at the booth. I'm glad I was able to put a face to the name and. He's just a really good guy. I mean, he's been in the industry for so long. He's got so many different connections. It's just great mm-hmm. to really just talk to him. Um, I'm going to throw, throw out just a few names. Uh, Scott King, who came with Daryl, he was amazing. He helped out in the booth. He's a really good guy. He just got into gaming around Unpub. Well, he's been gaming for a little while, but he's got kind of gotten hardcore into gaming um, after Unpub in January. Um, Eric Leith, of course, from Games and Grub. Always fantastic to hang out with him. Chris Kopak, yeah. who is awesome. Um, Sean and Jackie, of course, Sean being the lifetime carny, he's always supported I Save Me Games. Jackie is fantastic. Sean actually won a Space Penguin by winning uh, the uh, the King of Tokyo promo out in the demo room. And I'll throw out Patrick Nickel of Crash Games and Christopher Bedell of Greater Than Games. They're always yes. awesome. They were Very fun. Always awesome. Always awesome. And they, they were our neighbors in our booths over there, and they're just great guys. Speaking of Patrick... Um, Hey, check out Council of Verona on Kickstarter. Oh yeah, designed by yours, yeah, or graphic designed by yours truly. Huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I can I throw out just a few things? Too? Please go ahead. All right, so real quick, uh, anybody who came out to the Unpub Noodle, uh, which was in the the boardroom this year, and I think we'll probably expand a little bit next year, hopefully. Um, but uh, anybody who came out to that, I think that was awesome. I was, and uh, there was actually a few publishers there. I saw Split Second Games there. We mentioned already, and I was really happy to see them. <laughs> I saw Michael Cove Gamelin Games hanging out there, and I think he yeah. saw something he liked. So uh, I encourage any game designers to find the Blue Noodle next year at uh, the Unpub area because man, it's a really good opportunity and I really appreciate those publishers for stopping by specifically because you know, it's giving it's giving designers that are new a chance and it's really awesome. Also, uh, Matt Ben and Scott Alms, uh, thank you so much for playing Club Zen uh, after I had sat there for two hours and no one was playing it. Um, <laughs> and then John Burns who came up to me specifically, he met me last year, he actually gave me a free copy of his game, uh, but came up to me this year and said, you got to try this game that I have, and I took the time to play it, and he's got a terrible name for it called Tower Defense, but he'll, he'll improve it, I'm sure. Um, but the game itself was very awesome, and you know, I just wanted to shout out and say that that, that is a good starting idea, and that this... Uh, he uses deck building in a new way that I haven't seen before, that doesn't necessarily... In, it makes me happy because it's an abstract, uh, abstract two-player game where you have to position yourself. So I really like it, and it's a good mix. So that's it. Well, oh, I got one more. I got go one ahead. more. Sorry. Please. Uh, speaking of deck building, uh, DC deck builder is terrible. But, no, um, it's not. <laughs> hold on, hold on. But listen though, Dan uh, Geek Jock, I got to play like several games with him. He's one of those guys, you know, where you meet someone at a con, and I think I probably spent. 14 hours with them over the course of the four days, which is more than I spend with you know, some of the buddies I've known for 10 years in the last <laughs> couple of months. He's such a fantastic guy. I want to give just, you know, somebody, yeah. everybody that I met, he was so awesome, and he wanted to punch me when I said I didn't like DC deck building. But <laughs> beyond that, he was great, and uh, 
that's that's just my last yeah, shout out. Dan, Dan, now I'm glad you brought that up because Dan is an amazing dude, and he helped out in the booth. Like he he didn't have to be there helping in the booth, but he was there every single day. He actually helped out with, with Stephen Bonacore on on Sunday, demoing stuff in his booth. Uh, you know, I love being on the the, uh, the Geek All Stars with doing the podcast with him. He's got such an enthusiasm, and he. He's a great guy, I man. I'm glad that he lives in this area because I'm glad to call him a friend. I love gaming with him, hang out with him. We'll be—I'll be actually traveling with him to or, to Gen Con, rather. So he'll be at Gen Con as well. If you guys awesome. see us there, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously all hang out and, and play some games. But he's—he's got—he's just one of those guys you just love to game with, and he's—he—he—he'd give you the shirt off his back for anything you'd want. So, yeah, absolutely. I was going to plug in Patrice too because I, I met him the one day uh, on Cinco de Mayo. Um, that <laughs> when we yeah. played Legendary together, <laughs> and that that that's the first time I met him in person, and well, the first and last time up until uh, Origins, and so I I kind of had a glimpse of who he was, but Origins getting to really know him, and I have to say I'm really jealous of you down in North Carolina. You surround yourself with some fantastic people, and it's like I only get to see them like once or twice a year. So you know you got Tom and him and Sean and it's just, it just yeah and, and Daniel Solis and, and Daniel yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. Daniel. Yeah, I forgot he's and down there. Michael well. Harrison. I mean, we've got such yeah. a great Eric group Martin's of people. Eric Martin's down there, too. Eric Martin, absolutely. It's not it's, fair. Stop it. Well, you guys move here. Come so on. Fort them all. <laughs> you yeah, probably have Richard Lanius down there, too, don't you? Don't you? Admit it. <laughs> well, he's not. He's only in Atlanta, so it's not that Atlanta. far. <laughs> I got to meet Eric, too. That was pretty cool, by the way. I know I met him very briefly last year at Gen Con, but I actually got to spend a few minutes talking to him, which was fun for me. Because he's kind of like, you know, I started, when he let me start writing that, the bees, the the crowdfunding wrap up once a month. You know, I'd already write his stuff, and it's kind of neat to put a face to all his awesome writing. So it's cool to meet Eric too. Yes, yeah, Eric's Eric's a great guy. He's um, I, I'm glad I've gotten to know him. Excuse me, since they settled in in Apex, and it, we do have a, a great group down here. So a lot of us will be at Gen Con. We'll, we'll definitely be able to. Hopefully, we'll be able to get a big roundtable. We can do a podcast for at Gen Con. Um, we could go on all night, but there's so many experiences at Origins. Uh, we're going to kind of wrap up right now, but I do appreciate you, all you guys talking about your experiences there. Again, like TC mentioned, if you are a designer or even a publisher, go to unpub.net. Look at the opportunities that are provided by the Big Blue Noodle. Um, and we'll, really quickly, I will mention again that you should go to dissateme.com because along with this podcast, there will be a separate pictorial recap of some of the cool things that happened at Origins, including a special unboxing video of Ogre with Phil Reed from Steve Jackson Games and a little hard-hitting journalistic uh, look. Uh, or Actually, I just asked the question of Phil Reed when Car Wars is coming out, and he gives an answer about that. So... Also remember to look for Viva Job with the Coffee Game, the Dice Game on Kickstarter Friday, June twenty first. That's this Friday, so look and for that. Friday, yeah, Friday, June twenty first. Judgment Day number two. That is this Friday. Ooh, yeah, gonna be fun. So uh, we have a ton of extras planned. If we hit stress goals early and often, I mean, these, TC has been designing so much to go along with this game, and there's no way we can fit it all in the box. So we've got a lot of ways. If we get good stretch goals or get if we surpass the, the funding goal and get on to stretch goals, we can add even more and more and more, especially to the deluxe edition that's outside of the box. So come pledge your support early and get caffeinated all over again. So guys, thanks for being with me on the podcast. And until next time, this is Dice Hate Me. This is Get Louder. Uh, this is uh, Puppy Show again. This is Ridlin. This is Ben. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, saying thanks for listening and... May, May all, all your, your dice roll sixes. <laughs>
Ave Caesar. 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 Ave